Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart and Vascular Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. Well, welcome to our vascular surgery uh, podcast. I have some of my esteemed colleagues uh, with me today to discuss imaging for the vascular pathology patient. Dr. Fendrakova, the director of our vascular laboratory here at Maine campus, Professor Paul Schoenhagen from our uh, radiology, cardiovascular radiology imaging uh, section, and Dr. David Hardy, one of my vascular surgery partners here at the Cleveland Clinic uh, main campus, the associate program director of our fellowship. Let's jump right into it. Maybe some questions that uh, patients or referring doctors have regarding the imaging that we perform for patients. Number one, Dr. Hardy, so you see a patient in the office, how do you determine what imaging is required for the patient? Do you go to invasive imaging first? Does every patient with leg pain need an arteriogram? So um, <laughs> the answer is no, uh, right off the bat. But it, it all depends on what what patient or what the patient has. But you know, I think most of us would agree that the patient generally would need a non-invasive study first. Um, anytime we could do something and f do some type of imaging study. Um, that would not cause any harm to the patient is probably ideal, especially if it answers the question we're asking. Um, I think the only way to really determine that is uh, by seeing your physician, whether it be your cardiologist, your vascular surgeon, your vascular medicine specialist, or even your primary care physicians uh, could know maybe what, what tests to order. Um, so, so it all depends. Not everyone needs an angiogram at the beginning. So non-invasive first, and that comes to our, our vascular lab. So we have these various ultrasounds. And I'll give you an example. Venous disease, we frequently see a patient from the ED. Every vein patient has a rule-out deep venous thrombosis. And that seems to be the study of, uh, of choice in the emergency department. What are the kind of more nuanced venous studies that are performed for a patient that has leg swelling, per se? Um, so the the approach is is definitely starting from the clinical evaluation of the patients, and we have the number of the um, investigations, including the uh, blood work, and obviously the again I, I I cannot overemphasize the importance of the clinical exam and clinical judgment. So we are not definitely proceeding with the with the imaging first. We are evaluating the patient and determining what kind of study would be the most appropriate for the patients and what kind of answer we're looking with this study. So it can be ranging from the venous ultrasound to rule out blood clot to the more functional uh, study to evaluate the function of the veins and, and seeing if the potential intervention for the vein would help the swollen uh, leg. Uh, to the study that, that are more um, advanced and potentially rare modalities, um, like physiological venous studies, that would answer the question, why would the patient have the swollen leg? If, uh, if there's any disease above the level of the legs, or there is a problem with the veins, or the problem, for example, with the weak 
muscles of, of the legs, which are just not helping uh, moving the blood uh, along the leg. So there is a wide variety of studies that we can offer, uh, and we're definitely looking for the specific uh, question. What is, the, uh, what is the question and what answer we can provide? That's important. So clinical evaluation, detailed questions, being a detective, if you will, guides the imaging, and we offer the full cadre of non-invasive vascular lab imaging across arterial venous, thoracic outlet syndrome, other disorders. So, um, but first investigate and find out what question we're attempting to answer. Dr. Schoenhagen, a uh, question that I frequently get from both patients and referring doctors is question of what imaging is able to be done in patients. It seems like uh, defibrillators and pacemakers are ubiquitous uh, these days. What are the limitations across, generally speaking, across MRI and CAT scan for patients with devices? The um, devices mainly limit um, acquisition of uh, magnetic resonance imaging scans. Um, you, and we follow guidelines um, which we basically check any metal device prior to the scan for safety within the MRI scanner and there were very good guidelines um, to follow there. Um, there are obviously a number of um, MRI safe devices including um, uh, pacemakers and um, we scan a number of patients with um, MRI safe devices um, in our section and in our institute as well. Uh, for cardiac imaging specifically, one has to uh, look at two aspects. Number one would be, is it safe to scan um, with the device in place? And the other question would be, does the device cause um, artifact, does the device cause problems with the image that would, while it would be safe to scan the patient with the device, it would cause so much um, problems with the image that we cannot get the answer we are looking for. Sure. So those are two aspects we have to consider and um, we have to consider for each individual patient based on the information we have available. Yeah. So that, that's important. I would say my plug for the non-invasive vascular lab and even for the CAT scan imaging for patients is that patients will frequently ask, well, I had my surgery at Cleveland Clinic. I saw you guys in follow-up. You did an ultrasound, let's say for carotid stenosis, and I have a carotid stenosis on the other side. You've done surgery on one side. I need surveillance for the other side. Do I need to come back for my uh, follow-up imaging or can I just send you images? And I'll say that for the vascular lab, we can only interpret the information that is provided. And so there is some variability when the follow-up study is done at an outside laboratory because depending upon where they put the probe, we may see or we may miss an area of narrowing within the blood vessel. And so we try to make the imaging as uh, efficient and um, less uh, least of a hassle to the patient. When you see me in the office, you'll frequently have your imaging done just before you see me. 
then you see me in the office. I have the results of that imaging. We try to make it very efficient to reduce the hassle to patients that travel locally as well as regionally and outside the, the state. But it's very important, I think, to have compare apples to apples for and the I think, lab. Yeah, I think a few years ago, studying for these ultrasound exams, I was surprised even to know there were probably, and Dr. Fendrakova may be able to expand, but there are probably no less than 200 different approved ways to look at a carotid artery. And, and they're all different, and they all have different percentages, and I think that's that apples to apples. That's, you know, and, and a lot of people question when I want to repeat a study, but I think it's just, it's so different a lot of times. Absolutely, and that difference it can dictate therapy or medical management, and uh, frequently I see it dictating more, leaning more towards medical management for some people who have been offered surgery, so it's very important. Uh, so those are just some questions uh, we thought might be helpful uh, to those visiting the Cleveland Clinic Heart and Vascular Institute. Thank you again for your attention. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and share the link on iTunes.